Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. We are continuing in our series, One Path, One Passion. And I love this. We're, we're recalibrating our thinking. We're, we're aligning our hearts with the amazing love that the Father has for us. And we're realizing that that's what life is all about. Yes. It's not about all the other things that the world tells you it's about. It's about you knowing how much he loves you and then choosing to respond with love for him. Choosing to respond to his all-out love for you with all-out love for him. That's where life is lived, in the center of his love for you. And when you give your love to him, that's what makes a marriage amazing. And there's that special moment where the, the man who, has, who is to marry the woman and the woman who's to marry them, they come together uh, in public and bear witness of the love that has taken place inside of them, and they give their all to each other. And how do they do that? With their mouth and with their heart. Mm-hmm. They speak the reality of what's inside of them. They speak their f- love, and they, 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 they transmit it with the faith in their heart. And that's what makes a man and a woman one. It's faith in the heart and words released through the mouth. And the same thing make, made us one with God the Father. We, we believed that Jesus Christ rose from the dead for us, and we said with our mouth, Jesus, you are Lord. And you can do that any time. If you haven't already, you can be made one with God the Father anytime, no matter where you at, regardless of what you might have done, because God has made abundant provision for your union with him. So if you feel estranged from God, maybe you've never given your life to Christ, you can do that right now. <laughs> just But first of all, he's got your sins covered. He's got you covered. He's already forgiven you, so just come to him and say, Father, show me how much you love me. Show me how much you love me. That's good news. Open my eyes to your love for me. I choose to believe that you sent your son for me, that he did all that he did for me, that he rose from the dead for me. And Jesus, I call you the Lord of my life. Help me to know you. And when you do that with faith in your heart, Something supernatural, the greatest miracle of all time happens. The Holy Spirit responds to your faith, responds to your invitation, and he enters your heart and makes your spirit brand new. And you immediately become a child of God. You immediately become one with the Father, and you are immediately seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ as far as your position with God goes. You're going to stay here on earth for now, right? But your position, your spiritual authority, your spiritual position is seated now at the right hand of the Father. And if you've been a believer maybe for years and you've really been messing up and you're really sad about what you've done, he says, well, listen, 
get, just let it go and say, Father, forgive me. I'm sorry that I messed up mm-hmm. repeatedly. And I'm coming to you, and I realize that your grace is more than enough for me. Mm-hmm. That no matter how many times I've sinned or messed up, I've received the abundance of your grace. And it's way more than all of my sins forever, past, present, and future. So I run to you today. I run to your throne today. And I receive the abundance of your grace. I've received the gift of your righteousness. And I'm reigning with you now. And I'm getting up and I'm moving forward with you inside of me. Hallelujah. So good. One path. One passion, one path, one passion. That's what it's all about. And I want to start reading. I just want to go to Philippians chapter 3. I just love this passage. It's, it's, it's so deep and powerful and helps us really to uh, get our focus in life. And the, the summary statement we've made regarding this series, One Path, One Passion, is this. There is a path that you were born to walk in, walk on. It is the path that takes you into a deeper relationship with the one who made you. There is a passion that will set your feet on that path, and it is the passion to know Christ above all else. And I want to let you just be real with you. If you haven't chose of your own free will to set Christ above everyone and everything else in your life, you're not going to be on this path. That's, the path is there for you, but you're the one who has to choose of your own free will from this moment on, Lord Jesus Christ. You are my one and only, just as in a marriage. In December 31st, 1994, Jennifer said that to each other. You are my one and only. If we had not done that before God and before witnesses and meant it with our heart, we could not have begun the path of a married life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's only one way on that path, right? It's that total all-out commitment. The same is true with this path that God's prepared for you. There's only one way on it. It's all out commitment to him. You are opening up so many things here. Mm. Uh, when you mentioned forgiveness, yeah. I mean, when you were sharing just a little bit earlier, you said your sins are already covered or taken yeah. care of. And, you know, uh, this is true. It's available. You said that path is available. Forgiveness is mm. available. Mm. Salvation is available. Yeah. Deliverance is available. Restoration is available. Yeah. And how do we know that's so? Because the Word of God, the Bible, tells us what God said yep. uh, concerning His love for us. Like yep. you're saying, a vow. You know, there's been a, te- a tendency and a trend, I think, for many years now to write, pe- people write their own vows, you know, right, when they get right, married. Right. But if you don't know what a vow is, mm-hmm. what I've seen a lot of times is at a marriage, maybe they just tell memories about each other or right. the special things they like about each other or, or how they don't feel worthy of each other. But that is not it's a declaration. That's not a vow. It's not, not a, a it's not a declaration of what they are going to do. That's so good. You know, and God has, with his word, the mm. Bible, has made his vow public. Woo. He has said to us, 
I love you. I've given my son for you. Uh, there's nothing that I have not gone ahead and prepared for you. I will be a father I will to be you. a father to you. He says so many things. He's making a vow, a declaration. And then we, in turn, as you said, we have to choose it. Mm-hmm. We, in turn, have to make a vow to him. And say, I choose you, like you're saying. You know, we, I take your forgiveness and I give you my praise. You know, mm. we make a declaration. Mm. So this is a great analogy. You're opening up so many things with mm. it today. Mm. But I just want you to think about that. The Word of God, the Bible, is God's vow and promise to you of how he thinks of you, how he is committed to you, what he's done for you. And uh, we have to have a vow in return. Mm, this is okay. Okay. I mean, you opened it come up. On, come you on. opened yeah, it up. Yeah, so. it's my fault. I did you, it. You did this. <laughs> <laughs> the Listen, Spirit of God okay. has something to say okay. today. Yes, He does. The Spirit so of God has something to say on today. the altar, ready to be married to God. <laughs> come on. And this is the difference between tradition and a vibrant marriage. Come on. This is the difference between experiencing Christ and just having a religion. When we, when we decided to get married, we, we just decided, and I was overseas in Europe, and you were in the States, mm-hmm. and we just talked about, you know, what the elements we wanted in our ceremony. Yeah. But, and some of that, there's nothing wrong with that. But the primary thing that we were focused in is the love in our hearts for each other, and expressing that with our words. That's the most important part of the ceremony. The words and the faith with the words. The words you speak and the faith in your heart. And that is the most important part of your relationship with God. So if we would have come to the altar in that chapel in Western PA in 1994. Western PA, Western Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. That's what they say there, Western PA. (laughs) And, <laughs> and we did not have faith in our heart. We did not speak words of faith and love. We would not have been able to step forward onto, onto God's path for our marriage. And maybe there's some people out there, maybe you are married that way. You just did it because, I don't know, you wanted to get married or you... you Thought you loved each other. And that's okay. It happens. That's okay. Yes, that's very Sometimes common. we don't know why we're getting married. Sometimes you may <laughs> We Thankfully, we had an understanding of Christ. We had a vibrant relationship with Christ. We had been in the Word for years and grown in Christ. We knew ex- exactly what we were doing. We didn't know the depths of it, but we, no. we knew what we were doing. But you may have just kind of jumped into the thing. And you say, what do I do now? Turn to Christ. Yeah. What, let Him take your marriage now. You don't have to understand everything to get married. Right, you 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 do need to grow in love to to really experience marriage, and there are people who've been married for decades, but and are wondering, you know, is this it? Listen, no, it's not it. Give your heart to Christ. Speak speak words of faith and love to one another, yes, yes. to your spouse, and, and express your commitment to one another, and speak words of love and faith to your heavenly Father, and express your commitment to Him, and then you can take off. That's so good. See, I knew before I ever got to that, I was in another continent, and I knew the moment we were together in that altar, I was going to speak. And it was going to be so. 
That gave me great confidence. And I, you know, when you do that, or when, you know, that he's telling the truth, I was there, I remember. I, you but when you spoke those words, mm-hmm. like, I knew, or I could perceive Absolutely. the faith that it, and the love that Absolutely. accompanied them. And you know what it did? It mm. drew something out of me. Yes. You know, to, to reply, to respond. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. And so, uh, you know, we always talk about faith like it's blind, you know, mm. or the world talks about faith like it's blind. But mm. when mm. you spoke those words, it was not blind. It, it, was, mm. it was something that as you spoke, it was drawing something out of me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that is what the word of God, when it is ministered by the spirit of God yes. and shared with others, it should come with mm. such a, a pull mm. on people to respond mm. that, God, you love me that much. You're saying your commitment to me is this Mm. well that draws something out of me that i've got to respond to a god that loves me like this and you know we did uh a friend had given jennifer uh i don't know if they were the vows in her wedding but we really liked she wrote it was like a poem or a poem that she wrote it was from first corinthians 13 Uh four through eight i will love you because and and it was just very powerful it was it was uh, structured from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8a. <laughs> Very powerful. Yeah, we'll have to do that. We'll have to post we'll this. To, we'll it's so it. powerful. In this but month of love. Be- before, <laughs> hey, come on, February, Valentine's Day. Uh, it's not over yet. 29th is the end of February. Uh-huh. <laughs> but listen, um, before we ever got to that moment of commitment, we both were rehearsing and saying to ourselves, because we didn't have any cue cards, we both memorized our, our vows. You did better at them than I did. Well, that's all right. You did a good job. Yeah, but I would say, man, I've, and that's what we do with the Word of God. We speak it and meditate on it yeah. until it's real to us so that we can enjoy our marriage with God, our union with Him. So I came ready for that wedding day. I had the confession of faith, in my heart, the love for Jennifer in my heart and the words to express it in my heart. And pow, it happened. Yes, it did. And that's what, when we do that with, with our Heavenly Father, with the one who made us, we learn his word. We learn his expressions of love to us. Every promise that God has made for you in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is an expression of his love for you. I am the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will command my angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. I'm the Lord your God who teaches you how to profit. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears or hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. He, the chastisement necessary for our wholeness and well-being was upon him, and by his stripes we have been healed. All of these are expressions from the heart of God to you so that you can enter in to this divine path of life he's prepared for you. Amen. And I'm so, it's so good. And there are times, you know, where we need to stir that up. There are times I need to remind myself of, of God's divine plan. Mm-hmm. I need to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not feeling like I felt yesterday. Things aren't going to, I need to remind myself of who I am. Remind myself of the Father's love for me and the divine plan he has for my life. And we have to do that in marriage. We have to Absolutely. remind ourselves of, of the love we've professed. It hasn't changed. 
Right. Right. Our, our, our mind, our, our body can go through phases, but we, what, marriage is a spiritual reality. We've become one flesh. That doesn't waver because we had an argument or because we're not seeing things eye to eye. We're one flesh all the time. Same thing like your, your position in Christ doesn't waver if you sin. That's good. No, the moment you confessed your love and faith in him, in his resurrection for you, you became one with him, and that doesn't change because you had a bad day or a hundred bad days. Or a hundred months. And that's what, that's what people need to learn about marriage. You're that's one. Yeah, You're good. one. And all you need to do to reignite that is, is begin to speak it and believe it and rejoice in it. And watch what happens. We said last week, don't. A lot of people in marriage just check out. And, no, and we, don't check out. We said out. that last week, and you made a post this past week. Yes. Said, don't check out. Press, press in. in. When, I love that. When you're feeling that way, I or love you're that. feeling less than loving, I love that. don't check out. Press in. Mm, 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 yeah. Mm, mm, that's good. Mm, that's good. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's what we're talking about, Thank guys. You. One path, one passion. So if you're feeling kind of so-so, kind of, so kind of mediocre, <laughs> stir up your passion and say, Jesus Christ, you are the passion of my life. I will follow you with all that I am and all that I have for all of my days. Mm-hmm. I am yours. You are mine. We are one. And we're going all the way together. And nothing is going to stop us. It's good. So good. Nah, that's and, really and good. like I said, if if you're like, okay, you know, because some people do that too. They're like, okay, I'll say it. But I'm telling you, when you spoke those words to me, it mm-hmm. pulled the same faith out of me. Yeah. And so if you, you know, don't, if just see what God has vowed to you. Yes. With all that he is, he gave you everything. He gave you his son. Mm-hmm. And to see the, the, the lengths he has gone to to uphold his word and to uh, maintain his commitment to you. And when you see what God has done mm. for you, then it will mm. elicit and will pull out of you that response that we're talking about today. And this is one of the reasons that uh, in our society in the United States of America, in, uh, where the quality of marriage has declined to the point I don't know what the stats are. Like one out of every two marriages uh, ends in divorce, which is bizarre. And what does that say? Well, it says love and faith aren't understood. Right. That's all that says. Marriage is all about love and faith. That is the essence of marriage. If you don't understand God's love for you, and he's where, if you don't, if you don't know Christ, you don't know love. There's only one place to get real love and real faith, and that's through Christ. So that says a lot about what we know of Christ in our yeah, society. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. So if, if one out of every two marriages is failing, what does it say? We don't know a whole lot we about Jesus. We don't understand the gospel. We don't, we don't know understand what, the good news, what, what, what Christ did for us, what God did for us through his son. I'm not being, and listen, if you've gone through divorce, God's grace is available to yes. you. We are not, we're not criticizing no. you at all. We understand. Yep. You know, it, it's just. Listen, we can only go with what we know. Absolutely. You absolutely. know what I'm saying? So God's grace is available available to you if you've gone through a divorce you know we pray that you would realize how much god loves you yes that you would turn your heart to your loving heavenly father and let him heal you yes 
and let them, and it may not be possible for, for that marriage to be restored. I, we don't know the details right, of the situation. Right, right, right. We don't need to know. Nope. But the most important thing is that you're restored to your Heavenly Father that's right. in your relationship with the Father and just put it all in His hands. Let Him take care of the rest. That's right. That's right. Okay? So this is for everybody what that's we're right. sharing. There's no shame here. Nope. We're not condemning anyone. We mm -hmm. want you to, to experience God's love for you. We're using the analogy of a marriage because it's so just so fitting oh, it's so it's so that's what's in the scripture in Ephes what, yeah, uh, exactly. Ephesians exactly yeah. that's what the the scriptures use to convey the concept of our relationship right. with the father that's why we talk that's about why it. we talk because about we saw it. it in the bible absolutely right. absolutely right, right, right. so our knowledge of god our knowledge of love our knowledge of faith and our knowledge of marriage they all go hand in hand yeah if so, you know if you want a hot vibrant marriage have a hot vibrant relationship with christ first and then watch what happens Watch what happens. So good. So good. One path, one passion. All right, let's start in verse 7 of Philippians 3. And this is from the King James Version. I'm going to go all the way, see how far I get, maybe up to verse 17. So Philippians 3, 7 through 17, in the King James Version. And remember who's talking, who's talking here, who's writing this. Uh Paul, old, who used to Paul, be Peter, Paul, and Mary, religious no. Saul, <laughs> used to yeah. be religious. The Saul. Apostle Paul, who authored about two thirds of the New Testament, a religious expert. Yeah, former religious expert, then a, a Christ expert. That's you right. know, he he, Which are he two different changed things. the whole world. Two totally different. <laughs> two things. different things. He came to know Christ <laughs> and not religion, but the Holy Spirit is writing this through him to inspire us to quicken us to walk in the reality of these wonderful truths. Verse 7, but what things were gained to me, the things that used to be important to me, those I counted loss for Christ. And remember, when you're reading your Bible, don't read it too fast. Internalize it. Think about your own life. The things that were gained to me, the things that were gained to Paul might be different than what gained to you. The things that were gained to me, Joseph, in 2024, the things I used to value, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus, my Lord. I love how... Uh, the Amplified Classic says that. You can stay there in your King James. I'm just going to read out verse 8, the latter part of verse 8 out of the Amplified Classic. I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege. I like that. The overwhelming preciousness the surpassing worth, and listen to this, supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Not knowing about him, but experiencing him personally. Progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding uh, 
him more fully and clearly. Now, let's see. Let's go back to the King James. Let's see. Verse 9. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness. It's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's about what he did for me, which is of the law, what my own righteousness, which would be of the law, trusting in myself to be righteous. But that which is through the faith of Christ. Jesus is your faith now. When Christ came to live in you, he brought all of his faith with him. Amen. You have the faith of Christ. Hallelujah. We're living by the faith of Christ. Yes. The righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The Amplified Classic says there. Let me, let me just share that with you in verse 10. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. You, I mean, look at the commitment there, right? Wedding, December 31st, 1994, determined purpose, commitment. We're going all the way. For my determined purpose, my all-out commitment, all, with all that I am and all that I have with, for, all, for the, all of my life, I will know him. I will progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving more, recognizing more, understanding more the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, that I may in that same way come to know, hear me, the power outflowing from his resurrection, which is in and for us who believe. <laughs> Boy, this is so good. Hallelujah. Now, verse 12, back in the King James, verse 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. I'm not perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm not perfect. But this one thing I do. There's only one thing I do. What is the one thing we do? Forget those things which are behind and reach forth unto those things which are before us. I press toward, don't check out, press in. I press toward, don't check out, press in. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to allow circumstances or the response or lack of response of others to tender my walk with Christ, to slow me down, to, to discourage me, to tempt me to turn back. I'm going forward. Why? I have a prize in my life. What is that prize? To walk in the high calling of God for my life. The high calling of God for my life is going to be different than the high calling of God for your life. You've got to fellowship with him and, and let him reveal that to you. But I, I want to tell you, it is the prize. 
And boy, has this seemingly been lost in, in, in a lot of circles. What are we living for? We're living for this intimacy with Christ so that through intimacy with him, we can, we can know him and experience him and obtain the prize of walking in, fulfilling his high calling that's upon our lives. It's like an Olympic athlete training for a gold medal, except exponentially way more powerful and important. We've got our eyes on this prize. What is it? The high calling of God for our lives. And it's different for everybody. But that's what our hearts are set on. That's, that's what we're pressing forward. That's why we forget what lies behind and keep our vision forward to what is before us because we are not going to stop. We are not going to quit. We are not going to lay down. We're rising up. Hallelujah, because we've got our eye on the prize of our divine calling, and nothing in this world is going to stop us from fulfilling that calling. Hallelujah. I'm thinking of the commitment of an Olympic athlete. Now, a long time ago, when I was growing up, Olympic athletes competed without getting, they could not be a professional athlete for the most part. They could not be professional athletes. They had to be what they call amateur. So they were strictly doing it for the passion of the sport because they wanted to achieve something in that sport that was the best in the world. And there was some a purity about that. So in our relationship with Christ, we're not doing it for the acclaim of others. And the world doesn't know who you are. Your friends don't know who God's called you to be. <laughs> You've got to know that first by seeking him, not by getting taking a poll with your friends, not by seeing how many followers you have online, but by spending time with Christ and worshiping him or pursuing him and running after him with everything you've got, he will reveal to you the high calling he has on your life. And man, I pray that for every person watching this broadcast. I pray that for, for no matter what your age, whether your age is 14 or, or 97, I pray that for you, that your eyes would be open to the high calling of God in your life. Because there's a lot of lower callings out there, and the world will give you a lot of options what you could do with your life. They'll appraise you and assess you based on their understanding of the gifts you have inside of you. And if you listen to them, you might be able to plug in to whatever industry they recommend you plug in, you might do well. But I'm talking about something higher than that. I'm talking about the one who made you high calling upon your life that is not based upon this world's industries or economies. It's based upon divine wisdom and divine purpose. Young people, hear me. I feel for young people who, who've gone through the, the, who are in systems of education that, yeah. that advise them contrary to, to their divine purpose. I feel for them. But I speak to you, young people, to realize you are made by God and you have a divine calling upon your life and there's no guidance counselor that can give that to you. There's no, uh, there's no business training, no industry training, no institution of higher learning that can give you your divine purpose that was given to you by God before you were born. And he has a high calling upon your life. So purpose to know him. Set your sights on him. 
press forward in your relationship with him. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't turn back. Say, Father, I'm going to know you like I've never known you before. I'm going to run with you forward into all that you've prepared for me. You are wisdom unto me, Lord Jesus, and you are showing me the steps I need to take to fulfill this high calling. You're speaking to me. You're directing me. You're guiding me, and I am going all the way with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Set your sights at the top. God's high calling. Let us, therefore, as many as be mature. That's what the word perfect means in King James. Talking about mature, not someone who's never made a mistake. Be be like-minded. Let me let me just look. I might read. I'm going to read this actually to you out of the the uh, Weist translation. Okay, I'm just reading this because I, I, there's a couple of different translations I want to she, share with you, but we're a little short on time. Let me start in verse 13 uh, 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 of the Weist translation. But one thing I, in fact, am forgetting. One, but one thing, I in fact am forgetting the things that are behind, and I'm stretching forward to the things that are in front. Verse 14, I'm bearing down upon the goal. I love that. Too, that's nice. I'm bearing down upon the goal. I am pursuing, well, that's powerful. I am bearing down upon the goal. I am pursuing on for the prize of the call from above. Not what people say I should be. The call from above of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And look at verse 15. And many, therefore, as are spiritually mature, let us be constantly of this mind. That's good. Listen, if you're training for, what is this, 2024? Do we have Olympics this year? I think we probably do. I don't know. Winter, well, I'm summer? I'm not sure because I they were know. in 2020, but then they yeah, held they them g- in 21, so I don't know what's happening. Well, let's say four years from now. Well, let's say eight years from now I want to be in the Olympics. Okay, okay? Joseph, all well, right. I, by golly, I just <laughs> might do it. No, I don't think you <laughs> ah! <laughs> I don't think so. They have preaching, gold medal for <laughs> preaching. I'm going to go for it. Eight, eight, let's say eight years from now. That's a long time. Yes. But you know, there are athletes who train for many more years than that. That's right. 10 years. That's right. 15 years to be at that level. So when you have, I'm talking about the high calling of God upon your life. We, yeah. You, you remember we knew some Olympians. <laughs> we sure did. Some young swimmers. We sure did. Absolutely. Young kids. We knew when they were just little and, and they started training. How many years have they been training? Ooh, I don't even, since they were little. And they would train before they went to school. They would get in the pool at like 4.30 or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and swim like two plus hours mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or more. And then they'd go to school. Mm-hmm. After school, they were back in the pool right. swimming laps and training That's right. until whenever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they would do that day in and day out. Yeah. I don't know how many days a week, but a lot. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good to have a goal like that, but I'm talking about a goal that blows the Olympics away. I'm talking about God's high calling for your life. 
Come on. Set, get, get your sights off of, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to. No, God has a high calling on your life. He has a divine calling that he created and purposed before you're in your mother's womb. That's what you want to set your sights on. And the only way to know that is through passionate, all-out relationship with him. And that's what we're calling you to, Highway family. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm just going to have to whew, hold off here for next week. That's good. It's just so much. It's just so much. That's good. Listen, don't let people talk you out of the wealth God's provided for you. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no sorrow to it. And I shared this last week, and, and you know, boy, you'll see all kinds of Christian debating, and I've, I've seen it before I came to Christ and since I've come to Christ. And just, just a lot of ignorance of the things of God in the body of Christ. Just, you need to know that, and that's okay, you know. We're, but all the reasons I'm saying that is you don't want to get caught up in it. You don't want to let the ignorant arguments of Christians online keep you from doing and, what God's called and you to And by do. ignorant, you mean? Well, give you an example. Arguing give, about things. They lack don't, of knowledge. They don't have knowledge. Yeah, the ignorant. The, when I use that word ignorant, I'm definitely meaning lack of knowledge. That's good. Okay? So there's a lack of knowledge of who Jesus is, what he's done for us, who we are in him. And that, that is reflected in our giving. Okay? And I, I, I remember <laughs> I just saw something online, and, and the person says, well, we don't tithe because tithing is under the Old Testament. Right, right, right. And I get that. It, th- what they're saying, they're, in other words, there's a lot of lack of knowledge in their argument. But they were saying as if it's just that simple, which, uh, duh, they kind of had the, like, duh, you know, we don't tithe. Tithing was under the old covenant. Now, where's the lack of knowledge there? Well, a lot of times people say old covenant, they think everything prior to Matthew is old covenant. Mm -hmm. No, no. There are multiple covenants in the Bible. That's right. Oh, I want to talk to you about three real quick. Doesn't take long. The covenant we pattern our life after is not what people call the old covenant. Who's our life? What believers, believers, New Testament believers, not you and me. highway I believers. Mean, we are of the believers. Highway believers, yeah. And not just highway, and, anyone. Believe, yeah, I yeah. can't speak to everyone, but I'll speak to you, highway. <laughs> New Testament believers should pattern their lives not after what is called the Old Testament. When someone says the Old Testament, they're talking about a period of time, about 1,400-some years, that started at Mount Sinai and went to the coming of Christ. That's, that's what we call the Old Covenant. It's the Mosaic Covenant. And, but that was only about you know, a little less than 1,500 years. Prior to that, for the first 2,500 years, there was no Mosaic Covenant. A covenant began with the father of our faith, and it wasn't Moses. Who was it? Abram, who became Abraham. He's the father of our faith, not Moses. It's good to have Bible knowledge, right? And rightly divide things. Abraham, without any stone tablets. No one told him to. He experienced Christ personally. God cut a covenant with him that was based on faith. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. That's what our covenant is today. And Abraham is our model for that. 
Jesus delivered Abraham's family. And when Melchizedek, Jesus, showed up in Abraham's life, Abraham acknowledged his salvation, that the salvation that Christ brought into his life and to his family, and he worshiped Christ with 10% of all that he had. Had nothing to do with the commandment. Jesus didn't come in and say, uh, you know, Abraham, you really need to tithe. No. No one told him to do it. It was a response out of what Christ did for him. He just did it. And that's the kind of relationship the Father wants with us. Not a have to, but a woo! I want to do this. I love doing this. I can't wait to do this. You know, the New Testament Galatians says we've been redeemed from the curse. Why? So that we could... Received the blessing of yeah. Abraham. Was Abraham blessed? Come on. He was blessed. Absolutely. So yeah. there was the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah. That's the covenant run. Then there is this parenthetical covenant between Abraham and Jesus. That was the Mosaic covenant. That's what in your Bible you'll see the Old Testament and you open to Genesis. But Genesis wasn't in the Old Testament. <laughs> Old Testament didn't start until Mount Sinai. But it's in the Old Testament section. Right, it's in the Old Testament section. Yeah, yeah, so understand what I'm saying. And then there's one more covenant I want to share with you. It was a covenant that was ratified when Christ rose from the dead and presented his blood in the heavenly holy of holies. On our behalf. On our behalf, not for his behalf, our behalf. Mm -hmm. That is the new covenant we're a part of. And when did that begin? Well, after the resurrection, after he ascended. And what was was the accompanying sign that 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 covenant was in place? The Holy Spirit came to earth. And when was that? In the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's the guarantee of the fulfillment of absolutely all, all this new. Covenant. Absolutely, yeah. So there is a, a wonderful summary of understanding why we give to the Lord. If you look in the New Testament, after the Holy Spirit came, they weren't asking any questions about tithing. Why they were giving so much, it was off the charts. They heard the first full gospel, spirit-filled message from Peter. And they just responded with such love and appreciation. They would sell their possessions and properties and bring the proceeds into the church. No one, no one told them they had to do that. There wasn't one command about doing that. This is how we live today, New Testament church. Okay? So giving hasn't gone away. Uh, tithing, it's, it's, it's Abraham, it's before the Old Covenant, it's during the Old Covenant, and it's in the New Covenant. Jesus, in Hebrews, it says, receives our tithes. You know. But it's actually, we're beyond the 10% in the New Covenant. Generosity hasn't gone away. Oh, my. Has God stopped being generous? You know, because usually the people who <laughs> complain about tithing yeah. throw 20 bucks in here right. and there. Yeah. When they feel like it, it's not a generosity, yeah, sure, you know. Sure. Generosity has not gone away. If we really want to get to the heart of it, yeah. you know, do, am, I, am I really rejoicing in Christ <laughs> in my financial life? And trusting him. Am I trusting in yeah. him? Mm-hmm. That's really the heart of it. Yeah. Because if you're afraid you're going to lose it, you're going to lose it. That's right. You know, what you, if you stay in fear long enough about something, it's eventually going to come upon you because fear is faith in the negative, right? Right. That's the direction of your faith. So listen That's to Proverbs right. 3, 9 and 10 in the Passion Translation. This is the Passion Translation. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, glorify God with all your wealth. 
Is that Old Testament or New Testament? That is. Uh, That's all time, baby. All time, baby. <laughs> That's all time. Honoring him. There are truths all away. throughout the scriptures. <laughs> and just because they fall prior to Matthew doesn't mean they don't apply to Honoring today. Honoring him, that hasn't sure. gone away. That, no, glorify God with all your wealth. That's just as fresh and hot today as it was when it was penned. Honoring him with your very best. Hallelujah. Come on. Are we being real or come what? Come on. Come on. With every increase that comes to you. I love it. Love Whoa. It, love it, love it. Man, oh, man. You just can't argue against this. This is just love unleashed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't argue with love. Well, you can, but you know, you're not going to experience it if you argue with it. <laughs> then, so after you glorify God with all your wealth, after you honor him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you, then... Every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings. Amen. So it, it follows your response, your action. And sometimes we want to see the results, but we won't, don't want to do the action. Well, that love's not that way. No. Love does it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Love is that powerful. When all is against me, I do it because love is my strength. With every increase that comes to you, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an, uh, from an uncontainable source of inner joy. That's it, right? That's why we give right there, guys. That's why we give it highway. That's amazing. Listen, it is. And I'm trying to wind this thing up. I'll tell you, I could probably go to midnight the way I'm feeling right now. <laughs> but listen, uh, this is why we give it highway. If Highway Church is your church, man, honor God. Say, Father, thank you for bringing this church Hallelujah. into my life where every single week I can be feasting on red, fresh, hot, real, vibrant Jesus. And I can be hearing your alive word and being transformed by the ministry of this church. And so, Lord, I, I come before you. And I, I commit to worship you with my money and to honor you with the first fruits of my finances. With all of my wealth, I bless you. So if you're, a, if you're a part of Highway Church, we encourage you to do this and go all the way. Just get in on it and be consistent. Be faithful in your giving. When do we give? Well, when, when it comes into our hands, mm-hmm. you know. If, if I get paid on a weekly basis, I give on a weekly basis. That's exactly right. If I get paid on a bi-weekly basis, I give bi-weekly or, mm-hmm. you know, whenever it comes in. And, and there's something that, that, that is cultivated in us in our relationship with Christ when we step into this mindset of worshiping him with our wealth. Mm-hmm. It changes us. Mm-hmm. That's why we give. Now, Highway Church, maybe it, you, you, it's not your, your main church, but maybe you're benefiting from this ministry mm-hmm. and, and you'd like to partner with us to help us do what we do. Right. And you can partner with us by, by scheduling a recurring gift online. So everyone can go to highwaychurch.us. If you're on our live platform, you just click give. You don't even have to leave the platform. Highwaychurch.us. Click on Give in the menu, and the, the several ways to give there. It's an excellent uh, giving page with all kinds of options. And you can choose to give there. You can schedule if you know, if you have a, a, a already know, okay, I'm going to give this amount every week. I'm going to give this amount on the 1st and the 15th or on the 1st and the 15th, on the 1st, 3rd, and whatever, you know. 
You, do, you can do it right there. You can text the amount you'd like to worship to 508-502-7733. You can, you can, um, you can actually send a check in the mail to our, to our mailing address, our P.O. box. Uh, we, we've got Cash App there, all kinds of ways you can give. So check it out, highwaychurch.us. Click on Give. Man, that was a great morning this morning. Yeah. Boy, that's fresh. A lot of stuff in there. Yeah, I know it. And, and we, you know, and that's perfect. We want you to just listen to these messages. And I mean, we prepare, we prepare a feast for you every time we gather. It's more than you can eat in one city. I'm going to tell you that. And, it, and that's, that's on purpose because we want you to have a rich, bountiful buffet of fresh, hot Jesus that you can enjoy uh, in between our worship services and Bible studies. Let's pray right now. Mm-hmm. Father, we worship you with our wealth. We worship you with the first fruits, Lord God. We honor you with our best. Lord, be glorified in our finances. We recognize this is a, a vibrant part of our relationship with you. We rise above this, the, the lack of knowledge debating that's out there, and we, we come into relationship with you based on Father Abraham's relationship with you, where you spoke to him, and he simply received it by faith and acted on it. That's what we do today, Lord. We worship you with our money. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're, we're going all the way with this. We schedule our giving. We're consistent in our giving. We're faithful in our giving. We're not going to skip. We're going to be faithful to you because that's what love does. Love is faithful. And we thank you, Father, for this opportunity to sow into this church and ministry that you have given all of us, including Jennifer and myself, to benefit from, to experience you more, and to go forward in the high calling of God in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at highwaychurch.us and josephbosco.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.